Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am sitting in the comfort of my streaming chair. It is uh, Monday, September 20th, 2021. Turns out when I have the date in front of me on my computer, I can tell what day it is, and I don't have to guess at it, as opposed to when I'm driving. Funny how that works. Um, so we, we got, a, I'm actually recording during the stream. Hi, hello stream, for those of you who are here. Um... So, I uh, we we have we got balance changes, a lot of them. So uh, you know, as I am often want to do, if it happens on a night when I'm streaming, we uh, talk about that on the stream. So there's a lot to discuss. I will very briefly talk about ladder. So I got to legend in wild. Um, was not really expecting to. Had some things happening that kind of pushed me in that direction that I will talk about when. I can talk about them, um, but you know, decided to kind of try hard in Legend a little bit, in Wild a little bit, and um, got to to Diamond Five with the same um, seed lock that Blister Guy took to Legend, and then kind of started to run into a wall. Uh, there are some counters to that deck, and one of them was um, Celestial Druid. Um, there's a couple of flavors in Wild. One of them is Mechathune Druid, which I'm I'm I don't need to play Mechathune anymore, but I'm a sucker for a Malagos deck. So I ended up getting from Diamond 5 to Legend with Celestial Maligos Druid, which is kind of hilarious because you play Celestial Alignment. This one doesn't run Escape Mana Saber, but it could. And with Escape Mana Saber, you just attack and then you immediately have the mana. But you, you make everything one mana, and then you've got Nourish, and you've got... Um, you're still running um, Breath of Dreams and whatever. Um... And and how and ferocious howl. You've got card draw, right? Um, and you also have uh, ultimate infestation. <laughs> so <laughs> you you get a bunch of mana. You draw some cards. You UI them. Draw five more cards, which does you know ten damage with Malagos. And then that gets you more cards. And then you also have Kun the Forgotten King that you can cycle. And um, turns out when you do that to a quest deck. If they have not played the quest, they're not playing the quest for four turns, which buys you a lot of time. And there's a lot of both um, both uh, quest warlock and also quest hunter and quest war quest warrior because pirates are much better in wild. Uh, so, and I was demolishing most of them. Um, there were a couple of games where the decks got ahead of me, but you know, I I mean, I climbed relatively quickly, all things considered. Um, and so I'm double legend for the first time in quite a while. I, I apparently. The last time that I climbed to Legend was, I think, before we got this ladder system. So it, it's been a minute, but uh, I did enjoy it. And, and, and Wild is a little bit more fun than um, I think you you get the impression from the Wild community sometimes. Like, I, you know, and, and if you follow the folks in the Wild community, and they're lovely people. I'm not I'm not criticizing. Um, but you sometimes, if you follow them, then you start to get the impression that like, the, the sky is falling like all the time, and it, it's not that bad actually. Um, I mean, Warlock is, is warping the format, but we'll talk about how that's going to change in a big way, um, you know, as we get through the nerfs, but it, it was actually fairly enjoyable. I, I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. So, cause I, I know I've heard a lot of things about how wild is, especially Diamond 5 to Legend where all the tryhards are, and it wasn't that bad. Um, it actually was kind of fun to play, to play with my boy Maligos again, cause Maligos was one of the first... One of the first legendaries I opened ever, so I always enjoy being able to play a good Malagos deck. 
Um, but that is not why we're here. We are here to talk business, friends, because we got some balance changes, quite a lot of them. We got uh, nerfs and buffs, and so we have uh, we have things to discuss. So um, I'm going to put this up on the screen for the folks in chat. Um, if you are following along at home, I will have a link to the patch notes um, in the show notes, which you can find at offcurve.com. Um, also, just while I'm here, if you do want to join the stream, happy to have you. Uh, it's been about 7 p.m. Eastern, Mondays and Thursdays. Um, I think that's that's the new time I'm settling into. We had to change the schedule a little bit with the kids starting up school and having to catch the school bus at like 6.30. Um, but uh, so it's looking about 7 p.m. on Mondays and Thursdays. So we'd love to have you. Twitch.tv slash WickedGoodFM. Um, and you can catch these live and hear it before everybody else. But anyway, enough... Enough uh, dithering. We're gonna we're gonna get into the patch notes, and there are a lot of things that are changing. Um, Warlock, Demon Hunter, and uh, Priest are and Shaman are 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 the primary targets here, along with some buffs to Mage, Hunter, and Warrior. So um, we'll we'll just kind of get into it. So um, Ironbound Brute uh, is going from seven mana to eight mana. This is the the Demon in uh, Demon Hunter. That costs one less for every card drawn that turn. And it's a big part of all of the quest decks. And it's going up to 8 mana. And it's probably to, to work around a lot of the... Um, you know, a lot of the the getting Brutes down on turn 3 or turn 4. It's, it's probably not going to make a huge difference. It's going to be pretty similar to like Flesh Giant in that... Yeah, when you're you're slowing it down a little bit... But increasing the mana cost on something that naturally gets discounted by something that your deck wants to do is is not really going to make a huge impact, but it'll make a little bit of an impact. I don't think it's going to stop Demon Hunter from being played. It's kind of the hot new deck this week. Um, but it will make those Brute turns a little bit more awkward, and it is a little bit harder, at least in the non the non Lions Frenzy, the the Ilganoth OTK version to get um to get the brutes down early because you're not you don't have as much draw and that's not your primary win condition like your prime you, you sometimes just get like ilganoth or moark stuck you know on the left and you can't necessarily cycle as well as you'd like to so it might make that deck a little bit more fair i wouldn't expect too much but it's um it'll it'll slow it down a little bit it might make the some of the matchups a little bit um a little bit better because that deck can kind of beat everything if it wants to um, sometimes you just get through. I, I was playing Tauntruid in Standard today, and I got I, I I ran up against a wall of three uh, three brutes, and it was like, okay, well that's that's the end of the game. That was fun, GG. Um, but we'll see how that kind of affects things because Demon Hunter is really kind of starting to take over the meta right now. Um, it is a high skill cap deck, like I said. I I tanked my way, or I didn't say that um, on the on the podcast, I said that on the stream ahead of time, but I, I tried to learn that deck over the weekend and ended up tanking my rank down to the point where I was starting to queue into Diamond 1 players at Legend, and that was not going to stand, so then I started playing Taunt Druid and, uh, you know, worked my way back up, but yeah, it's a, it's a high skill cap deck, but it's working well for the players who want to who wanna do well with that, so um, we'll see how that goes. Um, Alusha is finally getting reworked. They tried increasing the mana cost. The mana cost doesn't really matter. Because the way it's being used in Shadow Priest is basically just like dump my hand and make your next turn, um, basically skip your next turn. 
So that, that effectively did need to change. So it's changing from swap hands and decks with your opponent until your next turn to replace your hand with a copy of your opponent's until your next turn. Until end of turn. So this is going to stop the usage in Shadow Priest. It, there's no reason to run a Lucia in Shadow Priest. I mean, maybe they do if they just want to get some value and, and that's like a one turn, okay, I can get value. But I mean, it, at that point, the game's already over and you're not getting the, the turn skip effect, which is really the way that Lucia was being used in Shadow Priest. Um, I actually, I, I know I'm in the minority on this. I think this actually makes it better for Control Priest. Because, yeah, you're not like, you're not, it, I mean, it's going to make the games against something like a Demon Hunter harder because you're not going to be able to disrupt the combo. But like, sometimes you just like are fishing for a win condition or you're just looking for something to do. And this will give you that. Like, it'll, it's going to be like an Azalina Soul Thief for those of you who remember that card. And there, you know, I mean, there were ways to abuse Azalina Soul Thief too. So there could be a way to abuse Alusha. I would imagine. Well, I, I don't know, because this is coming in after they've already designed the next set, right? So there, you've got to keep a lookout for, you know, any other swap deck effects that might might end up being abused, though I think they would kind of learn that. Um, but I, I do think that this is still playable in Control Priest. Control Priest doesn't exist right now, but if it does, I, I don't think I would have a problem playing Lucia because, like, the risk is gone, right? Like, the risk of playing Lucia before in Control Priest was, well, I'm giving them a handful of stuff. And they're going to be able to dump that and then leave me with nothing to do. Whereas now there's no risk. Just play three mana and get a get your opponent's hand and then see if that gives you something to do. Um, so I think that it's probably going to see a lot less play, but in control it might have some some utility. Like I wouldn't mind getting like a storm a storm collar brucon, right? Or a um or even a tamzin necessarily, or or like a you know a, an arcanist dawn grasp or whatever in control priest. I'd be okay with that, right? So. Again, I'm probably wrong, but I'm I'm hoping because I'm I'm hoping that the the net effect of this is that control comes back in some way. But we'll we'll get to that. But um, before we get to the main event, which is warlock, we have sh some quest shaman um, changes to address as well. So perpetual flame is going up to two mana from one. Uh, this needed to happen at one mana. It was stupid. Like one mana clear the board a lot of the time. Um, it was just very too, way too easy to fit in. It's still going to be playable. You're not going to get it from Wandmaker anymore, which is a big deal. Um, especially because like the one the the one mana spell pool for um, a one mana spell the one mana spell pool for Shaman was um, pretty small. So you're very likely to get extra Perpetual Flames. There is a a clip on my Twitch of me holding Perpetual Flame against a fell demon hunter and then which does not play minions and then generating two more perpetual flames and ending up with a hand with four perpetual flames at the end of the game and nothing to do with it and be breaking down hysterically um so you you do get perpetual flame often enough from wandmaker this will stop that which is uh very important probably more important than the actual mana cost because i mean you're still on on three mana going to be able to go like novice sapper perpetual flame like yeah that's your whole turn at that point but i mean three mana is still pretty reasonable against an aggro deck that is going to take a couple turns to build up a board it, it might actually even be a little bit better for some players who might pull the trigger on it too early right so um but i i think perpetual flame is fine but it just it needed it needed an adjustment to be a little bit more fair 
And then the actual quest is going to get bumped up, so you have to play three overload cards uh, in the third phase instead of two to get Stormcrawler Brukan. And this is a big deal. Um, because, like, the overload cards are not always easy to come by. Like, there are games where you're just kind of scrapping to find them. And having to play one more is going to slow it down by more, probably more than one turn on average. Right? Just because it's you're not necessarily going to have all of those in hand or, or be able to draw them. Like, sometimes, sometimes you will, but on average, it's going to slow the deck down considerably. And it's also going to leave you with more turns where you're contending with the overload, right? Where you have to contend with the overload. So it's going to make Brukhan, like, that much harder to get down. Like, you probably will have more mana when you do play Brukhan. Uh, so you may have more of a swing turn when you get there, but getting there is going to be that much harder. And... They had to do something about Quest Shaman because, again, with Warlock taking a step back, like, Warlock and Mage were really the only consistently bad matchups for Quest Shaman. They were so prevalent that it was keeping Quest Shaman down. Um, but the fact that those were... That Warlock was getting nerfed that hard, and we'll talk about... Again, we'll talk about Warlock in a second, meant that you needed to bring Shaman down, otherwise that was just going to be oppressive. So I think that's that's good a good change as well, and I think it's fair. Like the, it really was, it really did need like a little bit longer. Like the quests in general are are far easier to complete than I think anybody thought that they were going to be when they were revealed, and it's going to be um you know it's going to be a little bit more fair with some of these quests. So finally, we get to warlock, and warlock's getting hit really hard. So. Um, Rune Mithrarod is going from three mana to four mana, which I, I I'm shocked that this came back at three mana. So, which means that you're not really going to be able to go rod into backfire as easily. You're good. You can still go. I mean, you can go rod into backfire on four and five, or coin rod into backfire, and then you're floating a mana. But that's better than rod on three, backfire on four, or coin rod on two, backfire on three. Right, like rod should cost a little more, and then also will not cost one mana if you have the other one in hand, or even two mana to replay it after you get the first one. Like rod was way too good. Like the as soon as the last set of nerfs came out, a lot of the handlocks started running rod in handlock, and it's just way too good. Um, and it, it, that was one of the the core contenders. I still contend that backfire probably needs a nerf as well. But that's more for Wild, and Wild's getting addressed as part of this nerf anyway. So, um, But Rod going to 4 is a good thing. I think Rod at 3 was, was too much. Um, and the quest itself is getting hit very hard. So it's going from 6, mana to eight, or six damage to 8 damage for all 3 phases, where it was originally 6, then 7, then 8. And that's a big, big, big deal. Like, now that means that you're taking 24 damage total over the course of the game instead of 21. Again, you're healing 6 of it naturally through the quest. So just, like, net 15 damage. But that's a lot, right? Or it's going from net 15 damage to net 18 damage without any healing effects. That's a lot. And it's also a lot before you even get phase, phase 1 done. It's going to... I mean, you used to be able to get the phase 1 done just by going tap, 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 right? Going... Or, you know... In wild, I mean, you can play the the cobalt librarian, but in in standard, you could you could just tap three times, right? Or tap backfire, um, uh, tour guide, right? 
and it's and it's pretty easy to complete that stage one. This is going to make that stage one harder to do. It's going to make the rest of the stages take longer. And so and and also delaying that life steal means that the flesh giant comes out later, right? Because the reason you're playing the flesh giants in the deck is because the life steal effect both damages you or you're taking damage on that to before you proc it. And then it immediately heals you. So it's two ticks off with Flesh Giant. So those two ticks are coming significantly later for Phase 1. And then later again for Phase 2. So the Flesh Giants again are going to take longer to come down. Which means that other decks are going to have a chance before the deck gets ramped up. I really do think this basically kills Quest Warlock. I mean, some people will play it. And I'm sure you'll see it tomorrow or, or today if you're listening to this on the day. right? You'll see it as soon as the nerfs come down. I, I'm sure of that because people are going to be trying it to see how bad it is now. But I, I'm pretty convinced that um, Quest Warlock is going to take a huge step back with this change. Um, and while it's, it's uh, the quest is being banned, which good, good riddance. <laughs> like, I, I mean, they could do things like ban Crystallizer, but I mean, Crystallizer never hurt anybody aside from this. Um, Crystal, you know, Crystallizer existing is just. And, and the, the existence of, like, expired merchant and stuff like that and wild. Like, there's just too much, right? So it's, it's not healthy for the format for the quest to exist in wild, so it's just going to be banned. Nobody's going to miss it because nobody played, you know, it hasn't even rotated out. And they said they'll rework it again when it when it rotates to make it a little bit more palatable. Um, similar to what they're going to do with, with Steeler's Souls as well, eventually. Um, though that's probably going to be a while, too. But again, I mean, this is something that the wild community has been asking for, and that, and we really thought that that was going to get changed as far as the, um, as far as the last, the last set of nerfs was going to happen. So, um, all around, I think this is a great set of nerfs. I think this really addresses a lot of the, um, a lot of the the dominant archetypes that were just like unfun to play against. I mean, I, I love Quest Shaman, but I it's not fun to play against, and. Um, you know, and Demon Hunter really needed a little bit of a touch. And then Elusia in Shadow Priest, just, it, it, it doesn't matter how powerful it is. It just feels bad. Elusia has been a, a thing that people have complained about for as long as the card's been in standard. It's, it's just to get people to stop talk, stop complaining. It's worth just um, getting rid of that. So, um, you know, so these are, these are good nerfs. And then we're buffing a few cards as well. So we're buffing... Um, a couple cards for Hunter. We're buffing Leatherworking Kit. I have to read these cards because we probably forgot what a lot of these do. <laughs> All of the buff cards, not just the Hunter ones. Um, so Leatherworking Kit is a, was a 2-mana weapon. Uh, zero, 0-3 after 3 friendly beasts die. Give a beast in... Uh, draw a beast and give a plus 1, plus 1. Lose 1 durability. That's going to 1-mana. Um, it's a little bit easier to fit in. I don't know if this is good enough because a lot of the Hunter decks really aren't running a ton of beasts. But this is clearly Rat King support. So if we, if we don't get, you know, if we don't have um, any sort of a Rat King deck, then you're probably still not going to see this, but maybe we get Rat King support in the mini set, and then this gets a little bit better. Like, not all these, not all these buffs are going to be relevant immediately. Some of them are going to be the mini set, which is it'll delayed a little bit. It looks like it's going to be coming early November this year. Um, but the mini set is also going to build on some of these archetypes too. But they might have considered that even with the with whatever support's coming in the mini set, some of these decks might not be good enough, so they needed a little bit of support. Um, 
you know, it's it's we'll we'll see what happens with it. The other change that's happening for Hunter is selective breeders going from a two mana one one to a two mana one three. So, I mean, it's still the same cost. It's still doing the same thing. A battle cry discover a copy of a beast in your deck. Um, at least it's a it's a respectable minion. Like a two mana one three isn't great, but it's not terrible. A two mana one one is just like a waste of space, basically. And and, and you do in the decks that want it. Typically, you're playing relatively few beasts. Because you want to get specific ones. So if you draw them all, then you're playing a 2-mana 1-1 for no value. So, you know, Selective Breeder is, was seen a little bit in some Hunter decks. I think it probably... It, I don't know if this really moves the needle on it, but at least it it gives you something that you can... Well, Hunters don't trade. Let's be real. Um, but but <laughs> it's something you can trade with. Or at least soaks a little bit of damage, you know? Um, Mage is also getting some hero power um, support. Wildfire is going from two mana to one mana, and this is huge. This is absolutely um, really significant because um, because for a couple of reasons. One is that it's just two mana. Do the difference between two mana do nothing and one mana do nothing. First of all, you could do it on turn one where nobody's doing anything anyway. Like playing one, playing a quest on one is fine. Playing wildfire on one is fine to get your um, um, get your win condition going. Um, but also, so it gives you also an extra turn to be able to hero power and start turning on, um, you know, turning on Mordrush, but also like, you're going to get this out of Wandmaker. And I think that's a game changer for hero power mage. Being able to get extra wildfires out of Wandmaker, even if you're not necessarily trying to turn Mordrush on, right? Just like being able to bump, to bump the hero power up to like three or four or five damage because it keeps scaling with each one, right? So it's going to make it easier both to get the wildfires in the first place and also to be able to get the hero the damage up and be able to turn that into its own win condition so you're just kind of, you know, pinging your opponent's face for four or five or six every turn, right? Cuz that's really when when hero power mage starts to get scary is when the hero power just does the work for you. So I think that the change from 2 to 1 is really bigger than just the mana cost. Cuz because Wandmaker is such I, I really wonder if they're going to start to do something about Wandmaker. Because maybe this is intentional to make it come out of Wandmaker, but this is the second time that we've discussed Wandmaker on the, just on this episode with balance changes, right? One card going out of Wandmaker, one one card coming in. I really wonder if Wandmaker is going to need to be addressed at some point just to stop like one mana spells from mattering as much as they do. But for now, they do, right? Um, and Mordresh Fire Eye, which is the um, battle cry, the ten mana ten ten battle cry. If you've done ten damage with your hero power this game deal 10 damage to all enemies is going from a 10 mana 10 10 to an 8 mana 8 8 which is is great because first of all nobody cares about um about the stats on on Mordrush like he's expected to end the game or, or close to it right so the fact that it's a 10 mana 10 10 or an 8 mana 8 8 um doesn't really matter it does improve the um it does improve the mat the the pool for some things that like um oh what the hell is the the eight drop that summons a car uh, a minion equal a primordial goal whatever the hell it is um primordial protector that's what it is pp <laughs> primordial protector where like that that pool of of 10 drops is going to get smaller um and the pool of eight drops is going to get bigger which is significant for that i mean it's a that's an edge case but um but it being eight mana means that there's a lot of things that could get turned on to turn Mordresh into more of a win condition because um, 10 damage at the state of the game where you were playing a 10 drop really usually didn't matter. It either ended the game immediately or it didn't matter. 
At, once you get to 8 mana, then you can do things like Youthful Brewmaster. You can play a Mana Biscuit and um, Potion of Illusion and get another copy. Right? So there, there are things that you can do with an 8 mana 8-8 eight, eight that you can't do with a 10 mana 10-10. Ten, ten. Um, they were probably making it a 10 mana 10-10 ten, ten to play around those things. And then saw that it didn't matter that much. And the only way you're going to get people to play it is if they can abuse it. So fine, we'll let people abuse it. Right? So with things like Youthful Brewmaster... With uh, you know, with with Mana Biscuit and Potion of Illusion, even if it just sticks, right? Um, you could do those things before, and it was unlikely to stick if it didn't finish if it didn't finish the game. But like, you know, at eight mana, it comes out earlier because usually waiting till turn ten was just too late. I mean, most games in this meta don't really go to turn ten, so getting it down on eight matters a little bit more. And um, and yeah, I, I think that. Hero Power Mage is like a legitimate, um, a legitimate archetype that's going to be worth, worth experimenting with. I'm pretty. That's I'm. That's what I'm most excited to try, after the the nerfs come. I want to see how Hero Power Mage do, does, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be trying it the same way that people were trying like everything with Nazoth, after Nazoth got buff got uh got buffed from ten mana to nine mana. Right. I think this is going to spur a lot of experimentation with that deck and and please give us a you know thank goodness like please give us a mage that's not that's not spell mage I'm sick of spell mage like that's all that's all we have have had we have not had a mage that ran minions on purpose other than like the experiments with spell damage mage for like a minute um you know since rotation so having a mage that actually wants to play minions could open up a lot of a lot of space right um, so after that, we're getting a couple of nerfs to Pirate slash Quest Warrior. Um, so Stormwind Freebooter, which is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three Battlecry, give your hero plus to attack this turn, is going up to a 3-4. Um, Stonewall Anchorman, which is the 5-mana 4-5 with Rush, Frenzy Draw card, is going up to 4-6. And uh, Bloodsail Deckhand is going from 1-mana 2-1 Battlecry. The next weapon you play costs 1 less to a 1-mana 2-2. Two, two. So... Those are all pretty, I mean, those are pretty minor bumps, but like the, the toughness matters. The difference between three, three, three health and four health is pretty huge in terms of what can remove it. Um, and, and, you know, get three mana three, four is fine for, you know, getting a, a battle cry. That's not bad, but I don't think the battle cry is good enough on Stormwind Freebrooder to um, justify like taking a health off of it. Right. Um, and like Stormwall Anchorman will be able to trade with more things at five mana being a four, six, cause there's a lot of five attack minions at four and five mana being a four, six means that it's going to be able to trade into more things and then still get the frenzy off, which is sometimes the problem with Stormwall Anchorman. I could see that coming back into a rush warrior too, cause that was sometimes running rush warrior. So I, I think that's a really good change for Stormwall Anchorman and you know, one mana two, two is always good, right? So I mean, you're probably not playing it on one if you're playing the quest, but whatever, right? It's you'll you'll still take a one mana two two. It means that it can't be hit with like uh you know a dagger or a druid hero power or a mage hero power or whatever, right? It, you actually need to commit something to remove it. So those are all good changes. I don't know if that's enough to make um, pirate warrior a thing in standard. In wild, it's already a deck. So and and these are pretty small bumps, and I I know that uh, bloodsail deckhand and stormwind freebooter are run in the wild version. So, um, that will, um, that'll definitely be something that, to keep an eye on in standard, but certainly in wild, that deck's going to get a little bit stronger. So, and there's, there's also Battlegrounds updates. I'm not going to go through all that. That's not the show. You can go listen to, um, 
to a battleground show if that's something that you wanna you wanna pick up. I, I'm I'm not the person to, to learn about battlegrounds from. Um, and and a few bug fixes as well, including a hilarious one where um, Antonitis would apparently, if your opponent was stealthed and there were no other targets on board, it would fireball your own face, which is hilarious. Uh, so that won't happen anymore, I guess. So, you know, I'm sorry, whoever it was that figured that out. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, so what do I think is going to happen, right? Well, I think that, um, I, I think that Token Druid's probably still in a pretty good spot. Uh, Taunt Druid is the deck I would keep an eye on. It already was good against most of the meta, um, if Mage takes a step forward, a Quest Mage specifically, then that could be a problem because Mage is one of the worst matchups for Tantra, but it's really the only bad one. It, especially because Perpetual Flame is taking is is taking a step back. Then the fact that um, the the fact that that's taking going up to two mana is going to be a little bit more awkward. Isn't coming out from Wandmaker means that. Um, that Taunt Druid is just going to get that much stronger, and it goes very fast. Um, some other things you can keep an eye on. I think Shadow Priest is going to definitely take a step back. Lucia, like, the fact that Lucia is getting hit is a big deal, um, and I don't think that Perpetual Flame getting nerfed counters that all that much. Um, I think Demon Hunter is probably going to be okay. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I noticed Draco Cat in chat right now, but I, I do think that the fell OTK Demon Hunter probably withstands this nerf to the Brutes. Um, but it, it might slow down a little bit. That might just give another couple decks a chance, right? Um, and, you know, there are a couple decks that might be held held down. I think Quest Hunter is something that's all, that's been, like, almost there that could take the, to take the place of something like a Warlock. Um, that's something that is probably worth pursuing. I know there have been some experiments with Liberum Paladin um, that have been fairly positive. Um, what I'm hoping, I, I've been assured it's not going to happen, but I've been right when people have been wrong before. What I'm hoping is that Warlock taking a step back brings Control back into the meta. Something like, you know, Control Warlock, Control Priest, Control Warrior. Um, those are all decks that have been just chased out because Warlock was so prevalent. And yes, they will still have bad matchups in some of the combo decks. Like, yes, Garot Rogue is probably going to kill them. Like, yes, uh, you know, Fel uh, uh, Quest Demon Hunter will probably kill them. And you're not going to have a Lucio to be able to react to those anymore. Like, you still have Mutinous. And, and sometimes those usually take a few turns to, to get set up. So you might get there, right? But I do think that, that the Warlock going away or taking a big step back will open up the door for control warrior control control priest has actually been doing very well in the tournament meta um control warrior not not quite as much but it's been there and and you know and then if if priest comes back War control warlock could come back and you know there's, there's a whole a whole bunch of stuff that could happen right so I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens because you know how i love control but i'm not holding my breath um, but I would, if, if you're trying to spend something, learn something now in this meta to carry through, I think Tauntru it is really the way to go. Um, I think that that's, it's got a lot of good matchups already and Quest Shaman getting hit and, and even Warlock is sometimes bad, um, is something to keep an eye on. I really am going to be very interested in to see what the, um, 
what the hero power mage um looks like because i i want to i want that deck to be good i say that now i'm probably going to hate it when it actually if it actually exists but i would like for that deck to be good and i'd like to see what that looks like but we haven't really had it yet so we'll we'll see what happens but um anyway so that's happening um tuesday the 21st at probably about 1 p.m eastern is usually when those drop so um you know keep an eye out for that and enjoy the meta and then um you know we'll probably talk about whatever the new deck is next week. So um, until then, as always, you can find the show notes for this episode and every episode at offcurve.com. Um, if you are someone who competes in the Masters Tours, uh, Masters Tour qualifiers, rather, you can find the Masters Tour data on my site at offcurve.com slash Masters Tour. Um, the, site's, the site's Twitter account is at offcurve, where you can find announcements for um, for when new episodes go live. Um, I am at Wicked Good on Twitter. Um and that's where you'll find that and everything else and then uh you know as mentioned uh, i stream monday and thursday nights at 7 p.m eastern at twitch.tv slash wickedgoodfm you can also join the discord where there are a, lo a lot of wonderful um wonderful and knowledgeable people at discord.offcurve.com um it's a very friendly and chill place to come and hang out and talk about hearthstone um and oh yeah and, and uh, DCU does mention get make sure to get your dust as soon as the as soon as the nerfs happen. I, my my recommendation is usually to dust everything that gets nerfed unless you're sure you're going to keep it, like a hundred percent sure, hundred and ten percent sure. Um, just because if you dust it now and then forget about it later, you'll still have the dust. If you forget about it until the dust refund expires to see if it's okay, then you won't have the car. You you won't be able to get the dust anymore. So dust it now. You can always recraft it for the same amount. But if you if you if you leave it for the last minute and then you forget about it, then you don't get the dust. So, um, yeah, dust everything that you, that you think is dustable and you can always recraft it. So anyway, that was it. Um, enjoy the new meta. Hopefully it's a little bit better than what we have and, uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.